0: This week, more news about technology designed to help keep us safe from COVID-19, the first video game ever approved for kids with ADHD, big changes ahead for Apple, and a major cyber attack in Australia. All this and more coming up. The number of COVID-19 cases and deaths throughout the U.S. and around the world continues to rise with no end in sight. In the meantime, we're left with social distancing, face masks, lots of hand washing, and some really interesting new technology that can keep us safer while we wait for a vaccine. So our first guest today is Dr. Adil Sharag Eldon from Kent State University. He's a professor of architecture who tells us that heating and air conditioning systems have been modified for years in places like medical facilities in order to reduce the circulation of infectious disease.
1: We supply air and exhaust air from rooms and zones differently so we can create pressure difference between the rooms but the areas of high concentrations do not spill over to areas that are vulnerable or we don't want to the virus to accumulate in that area.
0: And while he says it's possible to modify the heating and air conditioning in buildings to better protect the people who are living or working there, it's not easy or cheap to do so. Here's
1: why. Some of the the things that are recommended is to increase the air changes per hour. We need to also consider the use of filters, whether these filters are in the space or in air supply areas. And these can be HEPA filters. Right now, office buildings and commercial buildings do not require HEPA filters. The consequences of these are expensive, and they may affect airflow because of the resistance of the air. We yes. may use ultraviolet filters. We can use natural ventilation. So there are a lot of things that we can do to reduce the risk
0: But what about when you're outside of a building and you have to touch things that lots of other people have touched, like ATM machines, for example? It's hard to always remember to use your hand sanitizer every time you touch one, but as Jeff Colvin reports, maybe you won't have to in the future.
2: The leading maker of automated teller machines, NCR, says it has developed a new antimicrobial coating that can be applied to touchscreens, button pads, and other parts of ATMs or other machines that lots of people touch. The company says one application can last about six months. The coating makes it difficult for viruses and bacteria to live, but scientists say it's hard to know how effective the treatment will be at preventing COVID-19 from spreading via ATMs. One scientist told Fortune most technologies like this require contact of one to two hours for inactivation and it isn't clear how fast the ncr coding works the company didn't respond to a request for comment for now this looks like something that can't hurt though it may not help i'm jeff colvin
0: Next, a couple of stories about how UV light is being used for disinfection. Now, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but now CNET's Brian Cooley has more about how they're using it in the New York City transit system.
3: Making transit safe used to refer to crime reduction or suicide barriers, but now it means virus protection. The New York transit system is accomplishing that with some interesting new tech. A $1 million pilot program is underway to test the use of 150 ultraviolet light emitters around the system to kill viruses in cars. The technology is known to be effective in hospitals, but use in subway cars will take some exploration. The Long Island Railroad section of the system will now estimate how densely packed each train car is as part of you looking at the schedule. That's calculated by the use of some existing and new infrared sensors inside each car. This allows you to decide which train to catch, not just by the time, but also by the crowdedness. The plan is to expand the tech to buses as well. Now, New York is unusual among U.S. cities, but these techniques may point the way to a cleaner ride on other metro systems. Know what's next at CNET.
0: But Bob Carson from the National Science Foundation tells us there are some new types of UV light disinfection under development because the ones that are being used right now do have some drawbacks.
4: The equipment typically used is bulky, expensive, and sucks tons of power. A team from Penn State, the University of Minnesota, and two Japanese universities says the solution is UV LEDs. The problem? You need an electrode material that's sufficiently transparent to UV light that lets enough of it out there to provide a dosage that'll kill all the viruses. The best choice for that kind of UV transparent material? There isn't one right now. The researchers thought the answer might be found in a recently discovered new class of transparent conductors. Their predictions pointed to strontium niobate. Tests proved it held up to its promise. The team says their subsequent success using an industry standard manufacturing technique shows strontium niobate can be integrated into UV LEDs at a low cost on a wide scale. Killing coronavirus with a handheld device may now be feasible. The new technology could help disinfect areas from public spaces to building HVAC systems.
0: Big changes ahead for Apple's Mac computers. CEO Tim Cook says they're now going to feature Apple chips instead of the ones they currently use made by Intel. Analyst Ben Bajarin of Creative Strategy says it's a pretty big deal.
2: Many of the security benefits, for example, and the privacy benefits that exist on iPad and and, and iPhone are only there because they design their silicon. Nobody's out there going, "I'm buying an iPhone because it's running an Apple chip." I mean, there might be a small few number of people, but certainly not everybody. But the reality is, because Apple does that, they 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 are in much more control of the overall experience, which again means. All-Apple Silicon controlling all the products that they make now.
0: Also, a very big deal down under in Australia, where their prime minister, Scott Morrison, revealed they've been under a massive cyber attack, which he believes is coming from a nation state. Now, while he didn't point the finger directly at China... Other government sources told ABC News that's what they suspected.
1: This activity is targeting Australian organisations across a range of sectors, including all levels of government, industry, political organisations, education, health, essential service providers and operators of other critical infrastructure.
0: Also this week, some very big news from the world of video games. For the first time ever, the FDA has approved a video game for kids with ADHD. CBS News correspondent Vicki Barker reports. All right, recruit, suit up. Endeavor Rx by Boston-based Achille Interactive Labs has a character traveling a race course-like path on a hoverboard. Sensory and motory tasks are designed to help the player improve cognitive functioning, and the FDA found it does improve attention function in kids with certain symptoms of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. It will be available by prescription. Vicki Barker, CBS News. And Mid-American Conference College sports fans have something new to cheer about this fall. In addition to all the other traditional sports like football, basketball, golf, and tennis, they've now added video game competitions. And it couldn't come at a better time considering all the challenges that physical contact sports are facing right now because of the pandemic. But of course, that's not an issue for esports teams who compete online. Nate Meeker, who's the director of esports at the University of Akron, explains.
2: For the past two years now, kind of in secret, the Mac has been working on its own esports conference called E-Collegiate. And right now, that conference is set to launch in the fall with two game titles for the current 12 Mac schools to compete against one another. Those two game titles are League of Legends and Overwatch.
0: Will you be meeting new and better or different? teams now that you're in a different league so the best
2: part about it for us is that it allows us to really start building out more of a rivalry with some of these schools from the mac and also to build up some of our own fan base here at home in akron We've been competing for the last two and a half, three years now nationally, but it gets into the situation where you'll play one team from the West Coast, you'll play another team from the East Coast, and then maybe you don't play that same team again for another year or two. So it's really hard to build any sort of rivalry or connections with those schools.
0: That sounds great. So I noticed that Kent State is one of the schools that's in this new league. So are you going to have like a digital wagon wheel? (laughs)
2: <laughs> we actually did about a year and a half ago. We had a competition where Kent State came up and competed live at Akron. And we've had a pretty friendly rivalry over the course of the last couple of years with Kent as they've been building up their program as well.
0: And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5 1590 WAKR and WAKR.net.